Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of The Working Therapist. I'm Hayden Bullock, your host. And today, as we begin our new year together, we are going to talk about how to climb the ladder of success. So everybody wants to be successful in their job. And so how do you do that? What do you do to be successful? What are the key elements to be successful and to climb up in a position? Sometimes I'll hear therapists say, what are the growth opportunities here at Pediatric Developmental Therapy? Or a lot of times I'll ask the question, what are your career aspirations? And some people really know, and then other people really haven't thought of a plan for themselves. But most everybody, whether they thought of a plan or whether they haven't, do want to advance and grow more, do more, be more. That's our tagline. But everybody wants to do that. And it's therapist. Isn't that kind of what we do? We're all about the business of helping people get better. You know, somebody comes to us with an area of need. We help them, whether it's big or small, whatever it is, to address that area of need. So really they can go and live their life and do their thing and do better. So we are all constantly during the day, every day, helping people get better, do better. And then also for ourselves, we want to constantly do better, get better. People ask me, is there continuing education or what continuing education opportunities are there? Or, you know, all of that is growing, doing better, being successful, climbing the ladder of success. So everybody wants to be successful, but what are the steps to do to get there? So there's a tool that we use here at at PDT, and I'll tell you how we got it. It's called the accountability ladder. And the simple chart will help you to kind of get your mindset so that you are ready to be successful and to grow and to help yourself become a better professional. So this accountability ladder actually was introduced to me by my son's soccer coach. So I cannot tell you how many sports meetings I have been to in my life. And I am good. I think I got my quota for my whole entire life. Go to these sports meetings. You know, they tell you generally the same thing when they're younger. They tell you, bring oranges, bring apples, bring grapes, don't bring a bunch of sugary food and pick them up in time for practice because the coach does want to keep your kid and make sure they got the right uniform on and hey, don't yell too much from the sidelines and keep it clean, people. That's the young version. When they get older, they don't tell you any of that stuff. They just say, hey, pay your dues and get your uniform and you don't even have to come to the games. But this particular soccer coach introduced an accountability ladder to the group of boys and these parents. And I was high-fiving that man walking out the door so happy because this thing is awesome. Basically, this accountability ladder, when the soccer coach introduced it to us all. It's kind of one of those things you wish everybody would tell your child because you've been preaching at them forever. Like this happened to me this week, actually. My son came in the door and there's three pizza boxes sitting on the kitchen counter from the night before. Empty pizza boxes, by the way. And I had just gotten home from dinner and he had been home, went out and came back home. And I said, son, why are these pizza boxes still sitting here? You were home first. You could throw these things away. He goes, oh, I didn't know I didn't see them. Well, as I'm getting ready to tell you, that's the very bottom rung of this accountability ladder. He didn't see these boxes sitting on the kitchen counter. I mean, you about fell over top of them when you walked in the door. I'm unaware, unconscious. So the soccer coach gave us this tool. And it was one of those situations, again, where I recognize that this is such a great thing for my son to hear. But also personally, he kind of hit home with some stuff because I'm like, oh, man, Hayden, check yourself with this situation. And so I took this accountability ladder to our leadership team here at PDT, and we decided to adopt it and use it in our organization. And now we introduce it in orientation. We talk about it again at the 30-day mark, again at the 60-day mark, the 90-day mark. 
Everybody gets a copy of it. It's something we use here in our regular business practices every day, all day. And honestly, now I'm very, very familiar with it. And so I can just rattle the various parts of it off. But I use it to keep myself in check and help me be as successful and the best professional that I can possibly be. So what is an accountability ladder? It basically is this tool. It tells you some behaviors, how you feel, kind of what you do as a result of how you feel, and then generally what you say. And if you're really accountable for how your own behavior and your own actions versus if you're not. So there's one section of the accountability. Let's start with the comparison contrast. There's part of the accountability ladder at the bottom that's red. And in this section, demonstrating these types of behaviors and what you do, the way you feel is powerless and a victim. So basically, you're just like, I'm not in control. I can't do anything. You're playing the victim. You're the world is doing to me, doing to me. I just can't do anything as a result. So the very bottom rung is I'm unaware and unconscious as my 17 year old was last night about those pizza boxes. I'm unaware. I'm unconscious. So I guess he's just going to decide to live in a messy house. Well, since it's not okay with me, he's not accountable for his own self. He's waiting for me to tell him something. So and his general response was, huh, I don't know anything about it. I didn't see him. So you're unaware, unconscious. So think about it. I mean, this has happened to me. I've been working in situations and I've been working with somebody who's been in a position for, say, five years. And I may call something to their attention or I may be working with them in some way. And their response is, gosh, I didn't know anything about that. Well, if you've been working in a position for five years, probably you did know something about it. And maybe you just were choosing not to look at them like the pizza boxes. He just chose to not see those. That was his choice. He didn't miss them. He just didn't want to do anything about it. So the whole unaware, unconscious is the very bottom rung of this accountability ladder. And it puts you in a very completely powerless position. I didn't know anything. And usually I'm like, mm, I bet you did know a little something, something if you'd paid attention. So the other opposite of that on the positive side where you are powerful and you're in control and you know you're making choices for yourself and you're moving in a positive direction to change your situation if you don't like it is I acknowledge reality. One is I'm unaware, unconscious. The other is on the green side, on the positive side, the accountability ladder is I acknowledge reality. You know, in most situations that I work in, especially if you've been doing this for a while, you kind of know what's going on. You know, if you choose not to know what's going on, you're making a choice not to really. You know, I, oh, I didn't know about that form. I bet you've heard people say something about that form or seen that form or heard something related to that form in a situation enough that you could have asked some questions. Very rarely nowadays in this world, I mean, we've got information overload all the time. You're carrying around a computer in your pocket with a telephone. You hear coworkers talking about things. We're in the medical world, it's electronic EMR. The patient's record is open for most everybody in the organization to see the part that they need to see. So there's really not too much that you're not going to be aware of unless you choose just not to be aware of it. And if you constantly find yourself saying, you know, I'm unaware and unconscious, then you're in a bad situation and you need to make a change or you really need to change your attitude and the way you're looking at this life and the way you're looking at your situation. Because if you're constantly unaware and unconscious, you're just sort of floating through life kind of like a zombie, you know? But if you acknowledge reality, you can say, you know what? Yeah, I did know about that. And I just chose not to do anything about it. And you know what? I can work with the second one. I can work with somebody saying, you know what? I did know about that. And I just didn't do anything about it. I can work with that. That at least means you acknowledge it and we can move, move forward because you're at least in control and powerful. And I want to work with somebody who's in control, who wants to be in control of themselves and who wants to move forward and be powerful. So now my question for you is, what are your pizza boxes? So think about it for a second. Is your email filled up with a thousand unread emails that you're just not addressing? You know, 
That may be your pizza boxes. Or let's take it back to the therapy side. So are your pizza boxes hard questions that you're not asking? So for example, this happens all the time. A child's coming in, they're not making progress. Or the therapist will say to me, gosh, this child's not making any progress. I'm really frustrated because this family's not doing the home program. Usually I'll say to them, well, have you asked? You know, how's happening with the home program? You know, have you talked to them about the fact the child's not making a lot of progress? And so what specifically is happening at home with the home program? I noticed that the child's reporting that they're not doing their stretches at home. So that's a hard question to ask. So are you avoiding? And that is a really an I'm unaware and unconscious. If you're not asking the hard questions, then you really are in the red. You're unaware and unconscious versus if you ask the hard questions, they might tell you, you know what, you give us too much stuff to do. Are your home programs unclear? Or these are too hard to cries at home. Or you know what, I just got a second job and my husband's deployed right now and we don't have time for this. I mean, all of that shows, hey, as a therapist, you got to look at the whole child and big picture and maybe you really didn't. So, but think about what you've learned and how you've advanced just by asking that hard question. Because if the hard question is, hey, your home program's not clear. Well, do we really want to hear that? No. But is it going to make us think twice or three times and write a better home program? Yes. So that helps us be more successful. If the answer is, you know what, I just got a second job and my husband's deployed and we don't have time for this home program. You know, then that's going to tell you, gosh, I really haven't taken into consideration the whole picture because you're treating the whole child. And that means you have to consider what's happening with the family because the child doesn't drive themselves there. You know, they are accompanied by somebody who directly affects that child's progress. So, you know, are either one of those things easy to hear? No. But do we need to? Yes, because it really helps us grow. It helps us be such a better therapist and think how much better that child is going to be by you asking those hard questions. So what are your pizza boxes? Identify them and deal with it. We've all got them and we're all in the red. Sometimes I am so red, I am burgundy and it's not pretty. And I've said it a million times. I've been riding down the road and fussing about something. For those of you who have listened to the podcast before with Kirsty, I'll say, Kirsty, right now I'm so red, I am burgundy slash purple. I've got to go and adjust my attitude and turn green. (laughs) And I do, and I try my best. So next rung up on this accountability ladders is I blame others and complain. So at PDT, we have a no gossip policy. Here's what gossip means to us. Gossip means if I am telling you something negative that you can't do anything about, it is gossip. So for example, you and I are coworkers, we're working together all morning and we're seeing kids, boom, 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 back to back. And then we sit down at lunch and we're going to write our daily notes and eat our sandwich. Because as a therapist, I would love to have a long drawn out lunch, but I haven't had one of those in like 25 years. So I don't even know what that means. I wouldn't even know how I would act during lunchtime. So usually I'm writing some daily notes and I'm eating a sandwich or whatever I'm doing. And you're doing your thing and you're happy long zipping doing your deal. And I sit down beside you and I'm like, oh my gosh, how do they expect me to get all of my daily notes done? This computer is working so slow. My schedule is just too full. I cannot get all my daily notes done and see all these kids with this computer working so slow. Now you and I working together. You're a therapist and I'm a therapist. You are not in charge of computers at this organization, nor are you in charge of my time management and getting my daily notes done. Neither one of those are your responsibilities. I am so in the red here in this county accountability ladder. It is not funny. I'm blaming others and complaining. So I'm blaming whoever they are. I've been looking around for they for 20 some years. They are not showing up. So somebody at the organization is in charge of whatever you're complaining about. You need to take it to the source. And that is a green response. I own the fact that my computer's not working or maybe it's slow or maybe I have too many browsers open on it at one time. Maybe it really is slow. I mean, it's technology. It is what it is. So I own it. Your computer's working slow. Take it to the person who's in charge of computers. Your coworker is not the one. And also evaluate your own time management in that situation. Like recognize, okay, so my coworker's getting her daily notes done or his daily notes done. And these people are getting their daily notes done. So maybe it is a me issue. 
or maybe not, but whatever it is, own it that you're not getting it done and take it to somebody at that organization that can help you because the person sitting next to you cannot. You know, you're also in doing that by just blaming others and complaining and complaining about they, you're telling them that they work for an organization that doesn't really care about them. And that's not true. If you want more information on this, Dave Ramsey does a whole big thing about gossip and complaining and that kind of stuff. It's really awesome. So check him out. There is a link in the show notes about that because he does a big thing on this as well. But you really, you're telling the person sitting beside you that they're working for an organization that doesn't care about them, which is really not true because you're just assuming and you're really in the red. And anybody who sits in this area blaming others and complaining is gossip and they do not advance because whoever is in charge in that organization identifies it and you're not helping anybody get better. Nobody. And it steals time, is disrespectful of others' time because they can't help you and you're just complaining. So stop and own it and move forward with it. And for the coworker who's sitting there listening to that, it takes a very strong person to be able to say, you know, gosh, you should take that to somebody who deals with the computers. Or I don't really know about getting your daily notes done. Take it to so-and-so, whoever it is at that organization that can help you. But it takes a strong person to do that. It's much easier to fall in with that other person to be like, oh, I know. And you know what? I hate this chair. I don't like the way this chair sits. Or gosh, this table is kind of wobbly or whatever it is, you know, because that just can turn into a snowball and a firestorm of negativity. This really not necessary. And it doesn't help anybody, any child get better related to OTP to your speech. You're just complaining. So stop being the green. I own it. I can take care of this or I could talk to the source and somebody can help me. Next up on the rung, we've all done it, people. We've all done it. It's the I can't and the priorities and excuses. I found myself doing this yesterday. It's the human nature to sort of get into this muckety muck of red, ugh. but it's basically I can't and priorities and excuses. And my thing was, I wasn't complaining to anyone. This was internally in my head, but I was deep in the red here. So I was like, there's not time in the week for me to schedule this, this, and this here because I've got that, that, and this. And so I don't know when I can't seem to get this scheduled because I've got these other competing priorities. So I was a full of, a, I can't schedule this because because I've got these and I can't do this because I've got that. And it was all of I can't, I can't, I can't. So all this I can't because I have too many other things to do. All of this is in my head, deep in the red. It's just scheduling. It's just prioritizing. I've got the same number of days in my day and my week that everybody else does. So if everybody else can seem to prioritize and I can also find a solution and prioritize as well and also have to understand to learn how to let things go, which is a green rung on the accountability ladder that's I can find a solution. You know, so if, for example, a parent is telling you, well, I can't get this done and I can't do that in terms of the home program, or I hear this sometimes for parents, oh, well, he can't do that, or she can't do that, or, well, I can't talk to the teacher because I can never get there when the teacher's available to talk to me, or I can't find the speech therapist at school. She's just everywhere. She's just so busy. I just can't find that speech therapist to get a release sign so that you can talk to her, or all this I can't, I can't, I can't. Your job as a therapist then is to recognize it, understands what's happening here, and then help this parent find a solution not fuss at them. Maybe you're having trouble finding the speech therapist there. Maybe if you drop this piece of paper off at the front desk, I'm sure that speech therapist at the school got to check her mailbox. So if you could just leave it there with their secretary there up the front, maybe she can put it in the speech therapist mailbox. They could sign it and get it back to you. You know, help them find a solution. Or, you know, I can't get this child's stretches done because when we get home from school and then they got to do homework and they eat dinner and they got to hurry go to bed because if they don't go to bed by eight, they're just so fussy and angry the next day. You know, I can't get this home program done. Then you could adjust your home program to be like, you know what? 
I hear you having trouble with that. So here's when I want you to do this stretch. So as you're sitting at the dinner table, I want you to put his leg up in a chair and then you can get an elongated hamstring stretch or something like that. This is really Kiersey's idea. I'm not that smart. But anyway, something like that, you know, so just work in the solution. Or if a parent's like, well, I can't get all these word lists done. So if you're the speech therapist, like, I can't practice all his art because I can't get this word list done. Stop giving him a word list. And then said, say, you know what? If a child is working on like Arctic stuff, they're old enough to be talking. So that means probably they're going to go and do things, meaning they're old enough to like have to go in the car somewhere with their parents. So you know what? Tell that parent as you drive them to preschool or as you pick them up from preschool or as you drive them to library time or as you drive them to Taekwondo practice or ballet practice or soccer practice or basketball practice or drive them to and from school or whatever it is, do five words. I promise you they will get more done if they practice five words every time they get out of the vehicle than if you gave them a word list to sit down and do every day. So our job as a therapist is to hear them, understand if they're in the red or I can't and priorities excuses instead of helping move to the green, which is I find solutions. You know, I don't whip out this accountability ladder to give to a parent, but I do recognize where they are and I help them do certain things that change their behaviors. And small things will start to add up into big things. You know, if a parent can be a little bit successful with one thing and find some solutions, then it can snowball into a lot of types of green behaviors. The last rung on our accountability ladder for the red is I wait and hope. So what you waiting on? Waiting and hoping. Well, you know, if I just keep on doing what I'm doing, eventually it's going to change. Like, really? You get the same input, you're going to get the same output. You know, think about that for a second. If you're still doing the same thing every day, all day, and you're waiting for something to change, well, if you're not doing anything different, nothing's ever going to change. Like, who's coming? Again, like the they people are not showing up. Let me tell you, I've been turning around forever looking for them. They are not coming here to rescue. <laughs> so if you're just waiting and hoping, for something to change is probably not. So instead, the green solution is I make it happen. I've completed it. It's done. We did it. I make it happen, which means you have to change the input to get a different output. So if you're just waiting in therapy for a child to eventually, for the family to eventually do something and get better and eventually start doing things, if you don't change what you do, nothing's going to happen. So for example, this did happen this week. I did an eval with a therapist and this child was brand new to this particular therapist and the family is wanting this child to be vocal. He's uh, a 11-year-old boy and he's not vocal right this minute, but his receptive skills are pretty good. So we were working together with this little fella because I was completely intrigued and nervous speech therapist kind of way. This is a, like a good time for me. Anyway, the family really wants him to be vocal and the therapist and I were talking and the information we we're getting was from a different therapist who had been seeing him for a very, very long time was like, well, you know, we're just waiting for him to say some words, but he's just not saying them. I'm paraphrasing the documentation that we received, but that was basically what it was. Like just keep on doing the same thing. And then they just couldn't figure out why he wasn't vocal. Well, same input, same output. Of course he's not vocal. So she and I tried a few different things this week. Very simple things. Um, and he said two words in the session. Now, his two words were ah and ooh. Those don't sound like words that you and I are using on a regular basis, but there's words to him because he repeated the ah thing to get something different, to get a activity to happen five times. He said ooh to get a different thing to happen four times. And nine times in that session, he used two different words nine times. That's different input, 
you get a different output. We're not going to sit around and wait and hope for something to happen. We're going to try some different things, which meant just different. So I think waiting and hoping isn't going to work. You know, like someday my prince will come. Like, I don't think so, people. Uh-uh. I make it happen. I've completed it, done it, that kind of thing. Now, is there still a lot more work to do for this little fella? Yes, but he's got two words. So his homework this week was every time he wants, he has a certain thing he likes at the home that he requests from the family and that kind of stuff. So his word to get that is ah, because he said that easier and all that. But anyway, so that's his word for this week. And that's their homework. It's very specific. We're going to see next week if they do it and we'll see what happens. Do I know if this little fellow is going to be speaking in paragraphs? No, I don't know for sure, but I don't know for sure either. So I know one thing as therapists, our job is not to sit around and wait and hope. Our job is to make things happen so we can help these little people get as far as they can to make a difference in their life. But if we're waiting and hoping, it's not going to change. So if you think about it, as we wrap up this last example, waiting and hoping is really cyclical. I wait and hope. If you're waiting and hope, then you're like, well, I don't know why it's not happening or changing. Aren't you unaware and unconscious? It's kind of the same thing. You're in the same general negative pattern of this powerless victim. I can't. I wait and hope. I blame others. I'm unaware and conscious. Do you know anybody that has those behaviors that you really want to be around? No. And those people aren't advancing in an organization. They're not helping anything in an organization get better. But those people who are, I made it happen. That means they acknowledge reality, good or bad. They acknowledged it. They owned it. They found some type of solution. They made something happen. And then they're up in that positive, in control, make things better. Those people are moving forward. And those people really are the ones who are influencing and making change in an organization. They are making things better. Those people are the ones that advance. Those people are the ones when they're on vacation, people are like, dag, I can't wait for so-and-so to get back. Or if they leave, there's a hole. And you're probably hiring two people in some situations, I don't know, to try to replace that one because they are making things happen and they are moving powerful forces that are moving forward. The other ones, I don't know really what happens with that. I mean, that's just a very negative place to be. And we all get into that red space sometimes, but it is good to own it, to know about it, to say it out loud and try to move forward. You know, when you find yourself burgundy, flip the switch to green. And again, it kind of goes back to everything we learned. We learned in kindergarten, you know, wasn't in kindergarten like red, green and yellow red, bad behavior, yellow, you're warning and green, you're here. Well, as an adult, we just took out yellow, you're red or green. So there's a lot of accountability ladders. If you look up the accountability ladder online, you'll see a ton of them. But that's why I like this one so much. It's red, it's green. There's no in between. There's no confusing. It's not confusing. It's just you're in or you're out, you know, so be a changer, be somebody that's positive, be somebody that makes a difference and make a difference in your own life. And those are the people that are moving forward. Those are the people in the organization that you're attracted to. And those are the people that you want to be with. And those are the ones that advance. And somebody said this to me a very long time ago. If a boss is a good boss, they know in the organization what's going on and who's doing what. The boss already knows who's in the red and who's in the green. And they're not looking to keep the red around because they're not making their life any easier. And so they're trying to work with the green people as much as possible. And those are the people they're wanting to hire. So the takeaway from this podcast is those of us who are operating in the green, who are feeling powerful and in control are the ones who are making a difference and the ones who are moving forward in an organization. Those who are in the red, who are in a more victim type of situation or mindset are not. So be in the green and move forward, make a difference, make an impact. That's really what we do. So make a difference in your own life and you will also make a difference in the lives of others. So check this accountability ladder out. It's on our show notes. It's good stuff. It really is great. And use it in your practice and use it with yourself. So I enjoy spending some time with you. Thanks for spending some time with me. And I'll check you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast, 
or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com. 